The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? A new drink. Shocking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm amazed, actually. I found a recipe, because again, I'm going through the cabinet looking for liquors. I found a recipe called a Bohemian Mule. A Bohemian Mule, okay. Yeah. And... I was really looking for a different type of cocktail, but this one came up. And so there's, I have all the ingredients. And so I'm like, okay, grab it all. But I didn't really see how much I had. Okay. So the reason it's not a Bohemian Mule, and I'm calling it a Green Mule, is because I had to change it. Change the ingredients. Change. Quantities. Yes. Okay. And, and add some things. To yeah, fix yeah. It. So what it is, is three quarters of an ounce of absinthe. Wow. Because we okay. just went through all our absinthe. Holy cow. Okay. Okay. A half an ounce of Rose's Lime juice. Okay. Okay. An ounce of ginger liqueur. Okay. A quarter ounce of simple syrup. And then topped off with ginger beer. Wow. And then squeeze a lime. That actually sounds amazing. So I don't know. You know, I've never had absinthe in this way, but it's worth a try. Here we go. Yeah. You know what I love, just before we even try it? Yeah. Is you're just like a fucking sommelier. I, yeah, I am. Wow, that's actually kind of cool. It is cool. You get the get the absinthe. You get the you absinthe get the in a way that's it's the same absinthe, but it's not like well, hardcore strong the, absinthe. The absinthe is light, but it comes up front, and then you get a hint of lime, and then you finish with ginger. I know. Amazing. It's good. It's a good drink, honey. Well done. Yeah, it'll knock you on your ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's just enough different. It's just enough different. I mean, you know, because mules are fascinating. Mules are just like what we've been doing with experiments on Manhattans and old fashions and those kinds of things. And it's, I'm starting to, I think because we're doing that, I'm really starting to figure out, Oh, what do I have? Let's try to mix these two. Let's see what these two do, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Mixology. Right. This is actually a great, And you know, if you think about it, the deduction is really good because if they didn't normally have ginger liqueur in there, I already knew there was ginger beer. So they're mixing absinthe with the ginger flavor. So I was like, okay, I ran out of absinthe. Right. Uh, So I'm going to use some ginger to pull the alcohol content up and to flavor up. It will also add sweetness. Okay, I'll do that. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Love it. Good work.
Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. You know, we've had a couple of really interesting conversations about CBT, cock bull torture with mm-hmm. a couple of interesting kinksters. Right. And it's been fascinating, you know, to see what the world of CBT is all about. And I was surfing Twitter and ran across uh, Mistress Diana showing some gentleman what her <laughs> foot skills are Yes, <laughs> with excellent ball kicking. And I thought, you know, we've got to talk to her. So, Mistress Diana, welcome to the conversation. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, we're delighted that you're here. And we always begin our pod by inviting you to share your journey in sexuality. So tell us about how you discovered yourself as a sexual creature and how that evolved into where men kneel before you to get ball kicked. Well, I think like any person, it's obviously a journey of exploration. I think I've always been quite sexual even in the way as where I was at school and you know you'd you'd get a kick out of the boys playing kiss chase with you and you'd obviously turn around and just give him a quick kick to the balls and there was that thrill there that obviously it wasn't a sexual thing at the time but it soon became a sexual thing as soon as as soon as I hit puberty really there's always been an element of control um me that's always been the main appeal I actually started out as a bottom and I think a lot of women do they sort of see themselves naturally they're meant to be the submissive one to their uh, male partner but I soon soon worked out that wasn't for me and I ended up switching the other way and I haven't looked back since really that's interesting yeah I love it. Yeah. I f- hear what you're saying too about the whole starting out as a bottom. I think what's unique about dominant women is we often go that route and therefore we have the ability to understand what it's like to submit and serve. So we have expectations. Absolutely. Up front, uh, expectations that depending on your style, you have a standard that you want upheld it seems logical to you because that's, you've done it, you've lived it. And I think- Absolutely. You know how it feels on the other end. Well, and I think the other way around, men don't often go that route. And therefore they wonder, well, why does she want it this way? Or why does she, this, you know, and it's because we've played both sides. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. And I always say to be able to deliver something and deliver something well, you need to sort of have been on the other end of it yourself and you need to see how it's been received. And so, yeah, I I agree with that. So tell us about the motivation that men have, as far as you're concerned, who seek to have the foot attention to their balls that you offer. So it's it all depends really. I you get asked a lot, you know, why why am I into this? There's um I think it all boils down to a, a sexual vulnerability. There's something that, you know, the men are meant to be the physically superior, you know, race between us, but they have this sexual vulnerability between their legs that 
you know, any person, any size can bring them to their knees with just one swift kick. And there's a, there's a big power exchange there, a big, a big control element of this woman just being able to bring this big man to his knees just with her foot. And there's also, I think, maybe uh, a foot fetish tie between that as well. Obviously, something so delicate as a woman's foot being applied so hard to a man's genitalia can be quite appealing to some, even if they're not into ball busting per se. I think also when we interviewed, I think it was a, a guest who actually got was the receiver of the kicks. Yes. That although it's there's a cringe factor when guys think about this, there's also that excitement of the pre-anticipation, obviously then the, the impact. But he was describing it's that moment right before the impact that was so overwhelmingly euphorically thrilling for him. I'm smiling because she's saying that because that's a really important thing I wanted to touch on. A lot of it is in the mind. You really, you know, it's a lot of fun to play up to the anticipation of the build-up to the kick. And I, I often do that. I often taunt them and tease them and, you know, pretend I'm about to take this big running kick and then just stop right before. And that in itself can bring a man to his knees. <laughs> Well, for those who haven't had the experience of getting hit in the nuts, I can say with absolute certainty that, especially because it occurred to me in an unexpected way, <laughs> I was literally dropped to my knees with the most exquisite pain that you can possibly imagine outside of, say, dental pain. Like that was the extreme of it. And I, I totally get like that's the end point. But I also believe that, and maybe, you know, I've never seeing a whole scene where you're executing this, but I can imagine that you build the scene up to that and then that's the sort of conclusion. Is that fair enough? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd say that that's quite accurate. You know, I mean, some so there are some guys that just purely love ball busting and will just want to stand there and get kicked and kicked and kicked over and over again. There's obviously a lot of fun in that, but yeah, there, there's a, there's a build-up and, you know, actually you, you've got to, sort of elegantly seduce them as you would into giving you know giving you what you want and which is a you know a great big a great big bulk sting at the end of it but yeah no the, I'd say there's a lot more fun in the uh in the build-up as well it's not just all about you know getting to the end result it's definitely a uh, a marathon and not a sprint well and everybody has every dominant has like their choice on limits and where they're at. So, so do you, and I know we're talking about feet, but we're also talking about genitalia and everyone's comfort level is different in style. So do you do only like shoed kickings through clothing? Do you do shoe, shoe kickings uh, through bear balls and, you know, genitalia, or do you do naked foot with naked balls or vice versa? Like what, where, what's the spectrum? For me personally, I my preference is bare balls, barefoot. I don't know if that's just me being me, but I like the sort of the skin to skin contact. But I don't really have uh, any limits when it comes to that. Some guys will prefer you to do it barefoot. Some guys will prefer you in a nice boot. But yeah, I'm I'm just happy to be able to kick. So I'm interested. You know, the balls 
they are slightly vulnerable critters. What's the, oh, I guess I have a couple questions. What's the risk that you're taking on by being a ball buster? And how do you mitigate that risk? Let's start there. So, of course, there's, there's huge risks that come with it. You know, you can rupture a ball. You'll be pissing blood. There's, you know. I always like to say I don't do safe, sane, consensual play. I like to be risk aware. So we're both fully aware of the risks. You know, it's obviously spoken about. And ball busters tend to have a lot of experience themselves before approaching me anyway. So they're, you know, they're fully versed in in their own body and their own limits, um, as it were. There's always going to be this. I mean, this is the thing. This is risky play. There's always going to be some sort of risk involved when you're, you know, being so physical with someone. And there's, <laughs> I wouldn't say there's any way to really mitigate that. Apart, from, obviously, you've got just got to know what you're doing. You can't obviously take a castrator or something to someone's balls if you don't really know you know how to get yourself out of that position so should something go horribly wrong so it's it's just really about knowing your limits knowing their limits more importantly and just being really communicative about it okay well that makes sense so do you have a like a disclaimer or a consent form that people sign giving you the permission that you need in writing to do this thing so you don't end up in court Absolutely. I, I treat it the same way as I would with filming. Definitely like a, a release consent form, you know, that I haven't just approached this person and just done this without, you know, their consent. So, yeah, there there is with heavy play like that. I do like to implement some form of written agreement where, you know, should things turn ugly, which they haven't, but should they do, then, yeah, my ass is covered. So I have a question, like balls come in all shapes and sizes some are retracted, some are hanging way down. I don't know if that changes how you operate or proceed. Additionally, do you do things that might enhance the pain, I guess? Meaning things that come to mind for me are like ball corsets or uh, rope binding at the base of the balls to engorge them quite full. So when you're kick, it has maximum impact. Absolutely. I've got um, a lovely range of CBT toys and I love to get creative with anything like that. Deep heat. I don't know if you have that in the US. Deep heat makes your balls basically it just feels like they're on fire and tiger bar, stuff like that. So obviously getting all the blood to the balls, restricting, you know, their movement. I have a steel spiked ball weight that I often like to use. Obviously not barefoot, <laughs> but that helps keep them in one place and keep them very restricted and you know lovely and purple you sound very devious <laughs> i love it <laughs> thank you <laughs> i saw a video that you posted and it was a situation where you had a man tied up on all fours and there were three of you taking turns kicking him in the nuts one after another so tell us about like that experience how does that play out do you leave the guy eventually unconscious? <laughs> that was uh, that was a fantastic day. That was uh, Mistress Tess. That was one of her boys. And he is a, a fantastic masochist. He lives for it. So you, you were really seeing us going at him there. But in between the scenes, you know, we'd, we'd check him, ask him if he was okay. He'd jump straight back on his feet, shake it off. And he's like, yep, yep, let's do it again. 
so yeah it, it looks it looks hardcore it is hardcore but he's hardcore as well so yeah that was a that was great fun just all of us being able to just give it 110 percent and just really wail on him just cringing over here <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so in the context of being a ball busting dom do you also provide pleasure that goes beyond just hardcore ball busting for the masochist that you interact with? Um, yeah, but not without its conditions. I don't pl- provide pleasure per se, but I do relish in post-orgasm torment. So you have your pleasure, but then obviously the intensity is still at its absolute peak and stays there and I just sort of don't let off so I'm like if you're going to enjoy this you're going to enjoy this to its absolute max and hopefully make your cock fall off in the process okay say more about that (laughs) so I have a a lovely thing called a, a slub which it looks as sort of as cruel as it actually is it's it's like a a multi-tool like a power tool and it has this rubber attachment on the end which you obviously put around the cock you know and it's got to be well lubed because this thing is like a powered by a 12 volt battery so it's pretty powerful and it can make the most impotent of men ejaculate and it's yeah it's an evil little thing let's just say that wow that's awesome yeah (laughs) <laughs> it really is. It really is. I'd recommend getting one. Called a slub. Say what it's called again and spell it. It's a slub. S L U B B. Now I think they're a, a German German make, but yeah, uh-huh. fantastic. Well worth the money. Is it a sleeve or you say it's a ring that fits around the base? Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's um, you attach it on to the end, and it's like a, a ring of rubber, like a like a like a sleeve which you just slide over the top of the cock and it will just stay in one place. Obviously, you have to hold it there. It's quite a heavy, a heavy device. But then it vibrates and with the vibrations, it makes sort of this uh, like an S movement where the rubber hits your cock and it, it goes up to like, I think, six levels. And I don't think I've been able to get past the second level with maybe I have I've got up to number four, I think, with one person. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's very powerful, very fun. What an interesting tool. You know, it's great about that. I just love that you shared that because that's been a complaint of mine for a long time. So in my journey to orgasm prior to getting into the kink lifestyle, I made that wonderful discovery about the Hitachi and, you know, my whole world opened up. And then I started thinking about sex toys and stores and what's out there. And there's tons and tons of stuff for women, like tons and when you start to really look for men, it's limited. It's very limited for men. No, it's just very limited. There's sleeves. I mean, of course, men can use some of the same toys women use, but let's just talk about men specific. You know, there's yeah. there's rings and all those things to, to keep them engorged. But I'm talking about, you know, there's the fleshlight where they can like beat off into that fleshlight kind of mouth pussy thing. What you're describing is like something new for me to hear that's actually specific. It's very new. And uh, it, it's it's like nothing I've ever seen before. As soon as I saw a friend of mine, she posted a clip with it. And I was, I was like, what is that? Like, I've never seen anything like that before. 
and everyone I've used it on every every time I've used it with a friend and that they've got out and got one and yeah it's 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 really inventive and you, you look at it and it doesn't you know it doesn't look like a sex toy <laughs> but it most certainly is very cool so do you do dominant um style work outside of ball busting or is, are you exclusively the ball busting dominant of birmingham <laughs> what a title um no i i, I do it all i'm a, I'm a pro dom by day and night i pretty much live for this so yeah jack of all trades so she just call me okay so you've got a sub and like in the back of your mind you're thinking man i want to just kick him in the nuts but this particular sub hasn't got there yet. So what's the process of getting a sub who is a masochist but hasn't taken on ball busting yet to a place where that, that would be a consideration? A lot of attention in that area, really. Obviously, it's, it's something that you'd, you'd have to build up, maybe light taps, teasing. It, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not anything that you you jump straight into. So you just work to their strengths, really. You know, if they like if they like feet, you know, tease them with your feet. If they like rope bondage, incorporate that into it, and just just build on it, really. Okay, so let's say you're talking to a friend, and she says, "You know, I really want to black ball bust my partner." <laughs> what are the steps like would you start with like hand tapping and work up to fist pumping and then, <laughs> and then like, just string him up by the garage string, string him up by the balls and just no no definitely Iron don't surprise him just... <laughs> <laughs> don't just go out and do it <laughs> um again communicate communication that's the main thing you don't need to understand the reasons why you like doing these things but if you're clear about you know your limits and what you do enjoy and your partner is willing to meet you halfway with that then yeah it's all about just talking about it just being honest about it so interesting i know so let's say post you know ball massacre basically what as a pro dom what do you do for aftercare very specific for that so I've always you know had this thing um, I found in my career personally I can't speak for everyone but a lot of people don't need aftercare directly because that's something that you kind of do on a on a day-to-day I've never been the kind of dom that you know will just kick him out the door and say cool see you later you know job's done I'm I'm very hands-on in the fact that I will check in with them and I will keep the lines of communication open and and so I, I find that in itself is aftercare. You know, it doesn't need to be directly a hug and a there, there. And, a, you know, some can find that quite patronising. But I'm always quite open about the fact that if if there is something in your mind that you feel you would benefit from after the session, um, you know, I'm game, let me know. And that's something I can definitely incorporate. But I'd, I never like to push aftercare on people because I know when I've been in a position where I've been a bottom, the last thing I want is people fussing over me after I, I kind of like to take myself away and, and you know, deal with it and process it quietly. So everyone's different. I get that. I, I think we were just thinking more about practical things like, do you give them an ice bag on the way out the door? No, I just kick them out the ass, <laughs> kick them up the ass and say, get out. No. 
<laughs> no, no, I'm I'm always very sort of like if if they need that, if there's obviously a visible visible injury, then that's that's a given. That's a that's just common sense, isn't it? It's not anything special that you do. I should hope that a lot of people have first aid kits and whatever else to hand should they need them but the within my sessions there's always a, a cool down period where we have a cup of tea and I'll force a bottle of water down their neck if they uh, refuse a hot drink and uh, just sort of make sure that they're you know firing on all cylinders and and that they're good uh, you know I mean they can people can look after themselves physically if there's a, a you know a little nick or or something you know they're quite confident that like they don't need another person to to stick a plaster on them so I, I'm, I'm always quite aware that if there's no sort of visible injury to them then I like to focus on making sure that they're, they're mentally okay and you know and, and happy with everything that's just happened okay and so what's the frequency of actions like this so you you do bull busting with them on Saturday they're a deep masochist you fuck them up really good when would you have them back uh, personally, I wouldn't have him back for a few weeks. But again, a lot of people are very aware of their own limitations. And, you know, they won't book back in for another few weeks. And it's the same with caning. You'll often see, um, you know, if, if a sub has had uh, a caning session with a mistress and then has gone for filming a few weeks after and they're still, you know, very faint but visible marks, it's quite obvious that, you know, that that's an area that you, you don't touch because it hasn't fully healed. Smart. Yeah, really smart. <laughs> well, this is really fascinating. Is there anything else you want to share in the world that we haven't asked you about in the world of pole busting? I can't think of anything in particular, but knowing me, I will think of something as soon as I come off the air. So, <laughs> oh, uh, I get so that. Great. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell our listeners, you know, how to find you and how to find your content so that they can experience what this conversation is all about because it is a, it's an experience to watch absolutely it would be a pleasure so i have my own website which is diana von rig rig with two g's dot co dot uk and i'm also on clips for sale same again clips of sale.com forward slash diana von rig and I have a loyal fans account as well, which I do try and post on there, but I don't tend to fill it up with junk. So it's only when I'm doing something incredibly interesting, like ruining a man's penis, that I will post on there. So there's lots of really good content that I try and get on there. So yeah, the main one is dianavonrig.co.uk. Oh, and my Twitter as well. So dianavonrig. That's awesome. It Anna. is. It is. It's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's neat to hear that that's alive and well because i mean it's one of those niche areas it's a super niche that we area, haven't found yeah. someone who actually will talk about it so yeah. thank you for doing that really appreciate you coming on and sharing i appreciate it no it's been fun thank you that's it for today if you're interested in kinky relationship coaching online domination or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going please visit our patreon website at lady petra playground you can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!